0: Okay, I think we've got a lot of people in, so we're going to get going. So guys, uh, I'm going to be moderating the session today. We're going to begin with some questions that we've already got from you guys during the registrations. And then we leave the last 30-35 minutes for you to ask your questions directly to Vani. Please feel free to jump in at any point, share your perspective. This is a safe space and we want to make this as interactive and candid as possible. So what you can all do is start asking your questions on the chat box and that's the order we're going to follow in our Q&A session uh, in case we haven't covered them already or Vani hasn't answered them already. So I'm going to go rolling on the questions now. Okay, first question, Vani, for you. Someone asked, how can I influence more people in positions of authority to become my sponsors and advocate towards my professional development and career growth. Hmm. And part two to this question is, how can women leverage their strengths and get noticed or taken seriously in decision-making in an organization where the top leadership is all male?
1: Hmm. So actually the answer to both of these questions is the same. You know, I'm currently working with a big corporate. And um, you know, I'm dealing with positions that are very senior. And this applies to women at all levels. I wish I had done more of what I'm going to say now um, as a young executive, as I was going through my career at different stages. The one thing that we women must certainly do, and actually this is not just about women, this is about men and women, but we women must be more careful of is that, If we have to be taken seriously, there is no shortcut than to be really good at what you do, which is there is just no shortcut to that. You have to know your stuff. You have to know if possible, uh, you know, the most in the room, you must be well versed. If, For example, you get into a meeting, which are most for most any sort of a forum where you know you're going to get a larger visibility where there will be many other people who are going to be looking at you as, you know, what, what is your capability like? Over there, number one, have the courage to speak. Now you will only have the courage to speak if you know your stuff because confidence also comes from knowing your stuff. So be well prepared. Know that if I have to make an impression, then I must go in well prepared. Do I know who are the people who are going to be attending attending this meeting? Have I already done my homework as to even find out what might be the concerns of the different people around the table? Will I be able to answer the questions of the different stakeholders? So, for example, I know my finance head is going to be sitting at the table. I know my CEO is going to be sitting at the table. My supply chain head is going to be sitting at the table. Each one of them comes with a different perspective because each one comes with, you know, uh, this is what my agenda is. The fact is every functional head has his own agenda. You've got to be prepared to make sure that you are answering each one of their questions or their silent questions when you speak. So have the confidence to speak. A, speak up. B, have the confidence to speak. And C, which is actually most important, is make sure you're well prepared. When you are well prepared, then you will be taken seriously. Because whoever is to sponsor you, it's not about you, it's actually a reflection of them. When somebody picks you to wish to sponsor you, if somebody were to even say in a public forum, oh, you know, Vani is a great resource, have a check with her, Or, or Vani will know about this. He's actually also making a statement about what he himself is like. You know, so you have to make sure that when somebody else speaks of you, they have to come out looking good. For that, you have to equip them and equip the entire team with adequate data so that when somebody sponsors you, they come out looking good. Absolutely. There's no shortcut to preparing well in advance. And like I always used to tell my juniors, You know, in my team at Pepsi, make sure you have a seat at the table. There were several forums in large organizations, typically, there are several meetings where there are 20, 30 people in a room. It's not the most effective. But when there are meetings like that and conference rooms get very crowded, make sure that you are there in advance. Make sure that you're not the last person to enter the room. Make sure You're well turned out, you're presentable, you're feeling confident about yourself, you walk in in advance, like all of you have come in on time, you've come in on time for this webinar, because this matters to you. So when you walk in for a meeting on time, it shows what sort of an attitude you have. And then make sure that you get a seat at the table. Don't be amongst those who are standing around at the back. Make sure you have a seat, irrespective of your seniority. When you have a seat at the table, then you feel more confident to be able to speak up as well. And then make sure that whatever you're saying, the point lands, speak with confidence.
0: Absolutely, great insight there. I'm gonna go into my next question. Do women understand that a lot of their behaviors are driven by male ideas? And how do we get rid of them and become more independent in our thoughts and actions? Hmm.
1: So this also comes from just confidence in yourself, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm speaking from my own experience as a marketing professional. We used to making we used to be making ads all the time, and the reason why I disagreed in your poll is because there are very few women who actually write the brief for an advertising. Uh, campaign because there aren't enough women in marketing because there are such few women in marketing unfortunately it's majority of the briefs written are written by men which doesn't mean marketing is only advertising but i'm giving you one example most of the briefs are written by men the uh, uh, the folks who are working on the other side in ad agencies are also primarily men So the script is being written by a man. It comes back for evaluation also by a man. But the fact also is that most products are actually consumed by women or women act as the gatekeepers to what comes into the house. So I might not myself consume a packet of kurkure, but my son needs my approval to be able to buy a packet of kurkure which means that, that advertising had better talk to me. If I don't relate to that advertising as a mom, then Absolutely. I will not let my son buy it. So this is not, it's not well enough understood in most organizations. Today, most organizations are still paying lip service to the fact that there should be more women in the corporate sector. We're not doing enough about it. Now, when you become conscious of this, it doesn't mean that we adopt a sort of a um, combative posture in the organization. Because there were a couple of times when there were scripts that came, which really offended me, you know, which made it feel as though the woman is incapable of taking decisions on her own without her husband's approval. Now, I find that extremely offensive. But to be able to make my boss understand it I had to put up a resistance several times over in more than two forums to say, I will not let this pass because it, I find it extremely offensive. You know, I don't have to go back. There doesn't need to be a gharwala. Why are we even talking about a gharwala who will make the decision? And this gharwala referring to the husband because it's assumed he's the bread earner, which is not... It's not, uh, you know, all applicable today. We have enough number of working women. And even if he's the, he the bread earner, doesn't put him at a pedestal. Actually running the house is as important, if not more important a job. So just being able to put your point across with respect is important. Now, when you put your point across, this is something that I learned the hard way. Talk about how, how is this making me feel, you know? So um, when you receive something, when w- whether they're ideas or whatever is being uh, discussed in an organization that you feel is a male point of view or you have a, forget male point of view, you have a different point of view. Make sure that you're able to express that respectfully with the focus being on not I don't agree with this, but talk about what will it do for the job if it was done in this way. This is how I believe we can improve results. This is how I, this is, this is the impact that it has on work. Instead of making it personal, talk about the impact that your decision could instead or your opinion could instead have on Keeping the conversation focused on the work rather than on individual team members or on me is very, very important. Then you don't come across as being someone who's, oh, you know, she's very emotional. Oh, she seems to be hurt. You know, you don't want conversation of that kind. It has to be conversation about what are we doing together to advance work, to advance sales results or to advance whatever the agenda is that we're chasing. You no.
0: Know? absolutely agree the minute you take the personal out of it is when you're actually taken more seriously as well Hmm. okay next question very interesting and very relevant appraisals and feedback how Hmm. to manage these virtually virtually yes Hmm. so this is
1: a this is a tough one and uh, you know when we start talking i'd love to hear from all of you on the challenges that you had and Actually, this is not just about appraisals and feedback. This is even about day-to-day working. I mean, I'm sure in the last seven, eight months, you've all realized that just working across a screen is just not the same. There are many things you feel you can't say over technology. There are some things that can only be said when you're sitting face-to-face across. And there is so much to be said of body language. You know, what this... uh, This whole screen has done, it's eliminated all of the non-verbal communication and non-verbal communication, body language is, you know, 80% of communication, which we now eliminated because of this uh, silly screen. So one of the ways to get around this is just to over communicate. I mean, I, I, thankfully I'm on my own now and I don't have a boss to report to, but if I did have a boss to report to. And this actually applies even with my own clients. The only way to manage this is to over-communicate. Talk about what you are doing. Talk about, ask about what else is happening. Call your peers. You know, there is no shortcut than to actually figure out who else is doing what. So pick up the phone on people. The other thing is, when you have a meeting scheduled with your boss, Going back to what I earlier said, there is again no shortcut than to be overprepared. You have to make sure you know your stuff. Be there on time. Make sure you're well turned out. Wear perfume, if that makes you feel confident. Like I'm wearing perfume just now. Not that you know I'm wearing perfume, you can't see it. But it does wonders for your own self-confidence. Make sure whatever it takes for you to feel confident, you do that. Then also make sure that you're sitting in a place where you will be relatively undisturbed, where there is enough light on your face, because all of these small things also cue how serious you are about that conversation. And that sincerity, that earnestness gets communicated in a lot of the small things that we do or don't do. And that's the only way of communicating your attitude to the job. Be well prepared also, if you do have that equation for your boss, it's a good idea to ask him to switch on your camera. I'm assuming him, it doesn't have to be him, whoever it is on the outside, him or her, request for the camera to be switched on. And some, one of the things that I do is when I have meetings, for example, scheduled with my clients ahead, then I prepare them. I give them a heads up an hour in advance, saying it will be really helpful if we all have our cameras switched on. So you know the other side, you know, needs to shave, bathe, do whatever they have to do, please do that. Because we are going to be sitting on the screen with our camera switched on. It's the least we can do in the interest of effective communication, knowing that we are not going
0: to be meeting physically. Absolutely. I think it's just an expectation setting that's very important. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, next question. How much is just the right amount of aggression And how best to portray that without making people insecure. When you look back at your journey, what would be two to three key decision points that significantly accelerated or transformed your career journey? And was there anything in common between these? You've got some solid, heavy questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, really. So the bit about the career journey and the decisions that um, I feel were crucial landmarks uh, in my journey, I'll talk about separately. Yes. But what was the first part of your question? How do I manage
0: uh, aggression? So how is how much is the right amount of aggression without actually making people insecure?
1: Yes. So now, you know, this is a fine line. Be conscious of the fact that you may, you may have labels uh, being attached to you. Because not everyone is uh, happy. Not everyone is supportive of successful women, you know? So don't worry about those labels, but make sure, and this again is general advice, men or women, which is that we have to be respectful. In being respectful, being respectful does not mean that I come across as being a softy or that I come across as being very timid or I'm someone who allows myself to get cut off in a conversation again and again it's about how you carry yourself you know there are there are people who enter the room and they haven't spoken a word but that woman enters the room and the whole room feels compelled to turn around and look and say who's come you know can we become a person like that that comes from absolute self-awareness it comes from confidence it comes from no- that I am someone who matters. My opinion matters. When you carry that about yourself, when you feel I am someone, I have the ability to make a tangible difference to this organization, then you carry yourself differently. So speak respectfully and speak with assertion. Speak knowing that what you have to contribute matters and make sure whatever it is that you have to say in whatever forum is voiced. Don't ever be intimidated only by the fact that, oh, on this call, you know, I have all of my bosses. Very recently, I had a conversation with Dabur and I was actually prepared to have a one-on-one with the CEO of the company. And quite unexpectedly, he pulled in all his functional heads and suddenly, there were more than 20 people on the call. And I was on the other side making a presentation. I was thinking, gosh, I wasn't prepared actually to have all of these people on the call and they all had conflicting opinions. And then he went around for everything that I presented, he went around from person to person taking this democratic feedback on what each felt of what I had presented. And I'm sitting over there and thinking, this I hadn't prepared for, you know, I was thinking I'm going to be presenting one on one to this one man. But in that scenario where you are able to show with respect and with sincerity that, look, I've heard you, I may not necessarily agree with you, but I'm hearing you and I understand that here is another point of view as well. And just park it there and you express what you have to express again with assertion and sincerity, you're good. So that was the first part. Now, in terms of my own career, there were several, uh, you know, points in my career, which were really tough. But I want to tell you, many times through our career, um, we actually land great opportunities. But what matters is when you've got that opportunity, do you take it by its horns and make sure you shine? Because that opportunity, it could be something that you really wanted. It could be something that you thought, or you realize, or if you sit back and think about it, is this a job that many other girls would want to have? Would there be many other girls who'd, who'd instead be where you are today? If you were to think of that, and tell yourselves, for whatever I have right now, I will give it my best and shine over here because I can tell you there is absolutely nothing called a perfect job. So, you know, I was early on in my career when I was working with Henkel, I was working on a brand called Far, and um, it was my first marketing job. Now marketing, one would think is necessarily about spending money. There has to be something that I spend in order to be able to create awareness, in order to be able to do something that can make a tangible difference to the brand. But we had no money to spend.
2: It was a brand that had
1: absolutely zero monies. And it was my first marketing job. So what would I do, you know? And fortunately, I had a very, very supportive boss. And because I was very young, I told myself, I'm just going to play with data. And of course, we did, we did sponsor Far and miss India, but apart from that, there was really nothing much to do. So what I did do of that job was I played with data and I, and I we had this challenge in the, in the organization where it was heavily sales driven and the whole organization was focused on selling detergents. We were basically a detergents company. And FAR was one of the only women's personal care brand, And detergents are sold by the kilo and by sacks. And here we were, deodorants which are sold by piece. You know, Dukanta ko jati kitne piece aapko chehi. kitne piece aapko wo sales wala banda He's not accustomed to selling like that. So, all I did was to play with data and make sales guys aware and that is all i did as a young brand manager i was presenting to the different sales guys you know on the far on the far list of who, who are the top rankers this is where you stand this is where you stand and then i started this thing internally called the armpit war What is the armpit war it was nothing it was just basically pitting the various sales guys against each other and saying you know Uh, This month, Sandeep Sharma is the winner of the war and then circulating that all over to the uh, company. My point I'm making is that you may not have the perfect job. Even now, you know, some of the women who I mentor, they tell me about how difficult their current jobs are or how difficult my current boss is. And I'm not able to find another job. And I tell them, look, be grateful for what you have just now. And work around whatever challenges you have. Make sure you have something that's worth putting down on your resume before you move on to the next job. So at Rakit Benkiza, after Far, I went to Rakit Benkiza. Rakit Benkiza, I didn't have an immediate boss. I was reporting directly to the marketing director, who was a French lady, and we had to launch wheat in India. We had a year. Now, this was my first real marketing stint because I had access to ample monies. And if anything, I had a lot of independence. I had this this lady who was my super boss was, um, was a fabulous to work with. But that kind of independence was also overwhelming because now I felt, gosh, I have the responsibility of managing this launch. So I worked crazy hours I did absolutely everything I could do to understand, you know, the sales data. I, um, you know, uh, for a long time, I remember I had a whole lot of acidity, which was all self-created. My, suddenly my skin broke out into acne. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing because I was just so stressed out about work. I, I, I didn't even realize that my body was reacting the way it was reacting. But I actually absolutely loved that job despite everything. At that time, I didn't have uh, you know, children. We were husband and wife, both working. So to me, that job was everything. Now, when I look back, I didn't have to sort of work myself up that much, but I feel proud of the fact that I gave it everything that I gave it because it was a fabulous launch. It was great learning. I built a superb relationship with my super boss and I felt proud of where we landed. Similarly, so at Unilever. So all of these, These things that I did, I felt, you know, there will be chances in your career that you will get. And you have to make the most of that. There was another situation in my career when I was on Kurkure. I landed the Kurkure category head job in March, 2014. And that year we won the president's award for the category that was the fastest growing. So we were the poster child of the company. And soon after, the company took certain decisions because of which we suddenly tanked to 20% decline. Now Kurkure is the the biggest volume and revenue earner for the company. And when you see a 20% decline on a brand that size, It means that a whole lot of people, almost the entire sales team will not get their incentives and bonuses for the year. And that is a big chunk of their income, which means that you are actually earning the wrath of a huge part of the organization. In fact, it affects the entire organization. So quite suddenly from becoming the poster child of the company, we became the bad boys or the bad bad team. The underperforming team. And we had that for two, two and a half consecutive years. So after about three, three and a half years, when I was feeling like, Ugh, you know, I'm so fed up of listening to crap from everybody in the organization. Anything that we didn't met with a, I don't think this will work, we're not so sure. You know, why don't we put this money on Lays instead? Well, I mean, do we really have to invest behind a brand that's already tanking? In that scenario, my boss actually offered me the job uh, to move on to another category. It was a Lays category head job. And I also had the option of moving on to Pepsi as the category head. And said, you've done long enough on Kurkure. It's already been three and a half years. You can move. And I said, no, I don't want to move because I wouldn't feel good about moving at this time. I want to make sure that this brand turns around. So I'm going to give it another year, year and a half, at least, and see where I can get. Because I knew if I moved at that time, it would be terrible for my confidence. I'd feel like I've let my own self down. So I chose to stay. And we relaunched the brand yet again, which was our second relaunch. It was a second attempt to resurrect the brand and then we were able to get it right we did a whole lot of stuff we revamped the formulation the proposition the way we spoke with sales we did a whole lot of things a whole battery of stuff that we did but then we became the global case study then we became you know um, we were the team that was planted to the entire world on how we went from 20% decline we went back up to 20% growth so don't don't worry about the times that are tough you know raise your hand for the tough challenges you'll also be seen as someone who has confidence
3: in yourself
0: wow that's quite something thank you for sharing um the next one is i think a lot of people will be interested what suggestions do you have for startup brands and is marketing actually possible on a tight budget, which is something you did shed light on with Far. But we'd love to hear more because a lot of people mm-hmm. want to
1: know this. So you know, this there is this misconception that if I have a small brand or if I'm very early on in my journey, or if I have a startup, then I don't need marketing just now because marketing is actually about making fancy ads, or it's about you know, signing up celebrities. Let me tell you for 90% of the community, uh, of the marketing community, the marketing CMOs, 90% of them might have never entered a production studio. They might have never made an ad as we understand advertising. You know, everything that we see on TV is actually the privilege of 10% of all marketing folks. So now the other 90% is selling. How is that selling? How it's selling is also marketing. It's just that marketing does not mean spending large monies, nor does it mean making fancy advertising. Now, what can you do? One of the simplest things, especially in COVID times, is you've got to make sure your current consumers, however small they are, make sure that they love you and that they are showing their love. Make sure that they are able to bring more consumers. So, you know, whether you're showering them with, uh, introductory offers, or with other benefits like extended warranties, or um, you know, sending them a little surprise gift, or sending them free trials of something new that you've launched. Make sure that you're able to get referrals from your current consumers. Then the other one that is often ignored is just your own website. If you have your own website, make sure that your website does a great job of communicating your proposition. Similarly, so for your packaging, if you're a physical product, if you're not a service, if you're not a B2B, if you are a physical product, is your packaging doing the job of an ad? Actually, your packaging is the most um, significant ad. And if you think of packaging, I mean, if you think of GRPs, GRPs is the term that we use, you know, for advertising on air, to measure advertising on air. Actually, your packaging is your best GRPs so is the packaging doing a great job then stuff like email lists you can always do make sure that you're constantly engaged with your uh, consumers how can you engage with your consumers the other thing that's often under leveraged is just social media marketing for all of this you actually just need time you don't need money and social media marketing again you can make ads sitting at home on just PowerPoint. You know, this beautiful brand called, um, okay, I don't wanna name the brand, but there was a brand, it was a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a protein bar brand. And uh, the original brand that became really, really popular, the founders of that brand created packaging on PowerPoint. Because they could not afford a packaging designer. So they said,, PowerPoint pe about what our package about what our product is, that it is all good, it's no bad, it's exactly so many nuts, so many calories, blah blah blah. And that simple design that they did on PowerPoint is today cult packaging. They never did anything other than that. And the current version of their product, after having raised several rounds of investment is also that original packaging that they did on PowerPoint. So never believe that the resources that you have at hand are not enough. There's always enough and you don't need money to do marketing. It's the simple stuff, making sure that on social media marketing, you're doing a great job. The other thing that is highly under leveraged is video and our own faces you know, the ability for us to simply put on a little bit of makeup and make sure that you feel confident in front of the video and you make small videos on the key messages that you wish to give and put that up on uh, social media. And now today in Corona times, you'd be surprised even the commercials that have gone on air on TV during the lockdown were shot on phones. You know, commercials that at one time were production studios, we were spending bills of crores upwards, you know, 2 crores, 3 crores, today have been made in under 5, 10 lakhs and even lesser because we didn't have a choice. We couldn't go to a production studio. We didn't have the choice. We didn't have so many spot boys and so many lights and so much all of that. So it is possible to make stuff on the phone. And today phones are becoming more and more high end. You know, you can get this uh, little circular light on Amazon, use that light which comes for all of a thousand bucks and use your own phone. You have editing software, which is available. You can edit your own videos and put that up. So it's just a question of how much effort you can make. It's not a question of money. It? Well,
0: well, there's, well, there's a way. All right, uh, the next question we have the chat is buzzing with a whole few. so what so, challenges... Hishwani, can
2: i
1: suggest what do we go to i see on chat there are 17 messages on chat just now
0: yes we can take them if yeah, you're let's... happy to jump into that. Yes, let's do like that this particular question is a little similar to what i think people have asked also is it okay, the chat.
3: okay. Um, sure. and
0: something i think everyone wants to hear from you is what challenges you have faced in the fmcg space as a woman. And how being a woman has actually put you at an advantage in the corporate world.
1: Uh, So it's a question of whether you want to see it as an advantage. It's both an advantage and a disadvantage. Being a minority, you know, knowing that you're the only woman on the table is definitely a disadvantage because you don't have as much support. But you can also look at it as an advantage. I used to always tell myself I'm the prettiest at the table. And there's nobody else worth looking at but me. (laughs) So, it's a question of how you wish to see it. I'd walk into a room and I used to feel, oh, why would anybody look at anyone else? You know, they should be looking at me. How can they not want to hear what I have to say? So, you look at it as an advantage and you tell yourself that yes, I am going to be heard, that I matter and you speak with confidence on whatever you have to say. And if you are man interrupted, then very politely say, I couldn't complete my point. I would like to land effectively what I was trying to say. Now, if you would give me a minute, please let me finish what I have to say. So make sure you are assertively able to put your point across. And uh, what was it that you said in the FMCG? Now in the FMCG world, yes, unfortunately still there aren't enough women. But you wear it like a badge for your own selves and say that I think because I'm minority here, it is important that my point be understood. And here is what I'd like to say. This is why I think it will make a difference to the way we are viewing this, whatever be the issue at hand. So if you start to speak like that, then people will automatically start looking towards you for your point of view and let me tell you there are enough number of men over there who feel much intimidated by a very heavy alpha male culture that we do have you know so there will be enough number of men who will look towards you and draw inspiration from you
0: three more Okay, the questions are buzzing and I'm going to open the floor. So ladies, we're going to, um, un- you can unmute yourself and ask your questions directly to Vani. And we're going to start. So Saki, your question, uh, Vani already dealt with in her opening few lines. So Soravi, do you want to unmute yourself and ask your, sorry, not Soravi. Ankita. I think Soravi had uh, agreed on other things. Ankita, do you want to unmute yeah. yourself and ask your question?
4: Yeah, sure. Awesome. Hi, I'm, I'm sorry, I won't be able to turn on the video. I'm, I'm in my office. Uh, oh. So, hi. Hi, Vani. Hi. Uh, so, my question is that, you know, marketing is being considered recently, you know, all about the channels that you use and the metrics that you're putting out. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are different teams, right? You have performance teams who are looking at that. Uh, so somewhere I've realized in, in all this time that you know the the other art of it, right? The, the that's the science of marketing according to it, but the art of it, the creative idea that you have, or the kind of execution, or maybe the kind of you know different approaches you can take, that is uh, being looked upon as something that is very soft or intangible or something that everyone can have, can have an opinion on uh, because because it is not as objective as data. Mm. and also considered like something that okay yeah yeah you're a woman you're a woman so maybe you are thinking too much about it you need to think more like the men uh, the boys in the room the data mm. side so how do you handle these conversations because honestly I believe not not being about a man or a woman that idea matters as much as the channel does yes uh, right. absolutely so, so what what would be your suggestion on this
1: see the fact is firstly Ankita it is difficult When you are the only voice and when you have a different point of view, where you don't really have anything as such to substantiate it with, when it's just a gut feeling and instinctively you feel that this idea for whatever reason is is not working or that this is better for whatever reason and you are putting that across, uh, just being aware that I'm up against a wall is in itself helpful. Now, the other way to do it is You know, there is no shortcut, but to just be, um, what should I say, be uh, insistent wouldn't be the right word. But if you sincerely believe that you have something strong, if your gut is telling you that this idea is worth pursuing, then you just make sure that you keep bringing it up again and again in the most respectful fashion without offending anyone. Uh, One of the ways to do this is actually to adopt uh, some negotiation techniques so that we, you know, um, there is this gentleman called Chris Woss. You should read the book by Chris Woss. And this is not about, again, man versus woman. It's not about, you know, whether I have data or not. For example, this, this man, Chris Wass, was an FBI agent, and he was the top FBI agent, and he used to negotiate with terrorists. There is no data over there. There is often absolutely no logic. And he would negotiate for days and days where there are hostages holed up. And it was just the power of negotiation that he's been successful in nine out of 10 cases. He's been able to get terrorists to put down their arms and walk out and surrender. Now, for a lot of us, and I'm a great fan of that book, you know, he talks about several techniques like mirroring and labeling. We women must become masters of negotiation. And this is actually not just for the work environment, it's actually even for home. We need to negotiate even with our partners we, ne- we need to negotiate with our in-laws. We need to negotiate even with our children to make sure that they do their homework on time. Even that is a negotiation, you know? So mm-hmm. get yourself this book on uh, negotiation. And I absolutely agree with you. There will be a number of times when you just have a hunch and you feel that this hunch is not worth letting go of, that I want to pursue this. In that scenario, uh Make sure that you're able to put your voice across. When you are hearing the other dissenting voice, one of the simplest things to do is to repeat what the other person has said. If you are able to repeat what the other person has said, even if it's contrary to what you think, the other side starts to feel that they have been heard. And what you are getting from them, the other side has to respond with a, yes, that's what I was saying. Yes, that's it. Yes, that's what I meant. The moment you get that, you have already built a relationship, you've already built a bridge with the other side. Because the other side is now looking at looking at you and saying, ha ha, she's understood what I'm saying. When you get that response, then being able to pursue with what you wish to put down on the table is a lot easier. Because you've established you know, a bridge of empathy, you've established that I get what you're saying, I get what you're, where you're coming from. So, the easiest is to first acknowledge just simply repeat or summarize what the other person has said so there are these very very simple techniques that one
4: can use in order to be able to negotiate one's way got it got it yeah so you're saying first build the points that are common and then go about maybe yeah this is why i i have this viewpoint and we should maybe try it exactly exactly
1: and it's also a great idea to start with something, you know, to, I mean, this is not just particular to that issue, but it's always a good idea to appreciate something good that the person has done. Now, don't make it look like right then and there I'm uh, doing, uh, you know, an athletic exercise. It shouldn't come across as that. But if it look, if it feels, if it is genuine appreciation, The you know, they always say build relationships first before you do business. And there are okay. some yeah which actually spend a lot of time you know there are I think I was reading in the Russian culture for example men actually go out drinking and they would go for spa baths and they would you know um, uh, do their stuff in the bars with women all together just to be able to sort of bring down the icy curtains and to be able to establish a relationship of trust when it becomes easier to do business. So think about it, even when we are in this on-screen world, am I able to invest first in relationship building before I can get down to business with the people who matter? And yeah, far- yeah very helpful, The other yeah. thing is, which again will benefit a lot of people on this Um, in this forum is find ways to be able to connect. It's more difficult right now where we are not bumping into each other in the corridor, we're not sharing coffee at the coffee machine, you know, we don't have a joke to share. In this scenario, it's more difficult to be able to build bridges. So find excuses uh, that, you know, with which you can actually uh, get some conversation going. Is there something interesting that you've read that you can share? To say, here's something interesting I read. Can I share this with you? You know, or um, anything. It could be an excerpt from a book. It could be, did I tell you that such and such was, was saying such and such? You have to keep the communication going. In any case, as we are women, chances are that our male counterparts may feel more hesitant to reach out to us. Sometimes bosses, come with their own social conditioning and bosses may not be able to, may not feel it's so comfortable to be able to pick up the phone on you. Then it's incumbent on you as a woman to make sure that you are finding excuses to communicate with him so that he can then feel more comfortable to reach out to you. So almost put it on your calendar to say in my calendar every day or every second day, do I have an excuse to reach out to him to send something? by which you know we can get a conversation going and it applies equally to clients it applies to uh, you know even downwards even to your juniors sometimes juniors feel uh, hesitant to communicate
0: absolutely um swati do you want to unmute yourself and ask your question
1: swati thank you for the heart that you sent me i noticed i
3: just love that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I love it. Yeah. was my expression. <laughs> so sweet. Um, Tell you know, me. Uh, funny looking gorgeous, by the way. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and, and I just heard you about, I think a month back, uh, you were doing a session for the Avishkar group, uh, right? For the social enterprises. Uh, yes, and, uh, yes, uh, yes. And now I have moved out of the organization and working independently. Okay. Um, right. And, and after 15 years of corporate experience, mostly in financial services and consulting and impact investing, this is going to be a new phase, uh, right? But and many
1: congratulations on your new journey. I'm sure you'll do very well.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's just my fourth day and then there's already traction, you know. I mean, th- there are some um, good, warm conversations going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but this uh, I have tried this earlier as well for two years before I joined my last organization but this time I want to be a little more conscious about a lot of things that you just mentioned and you're building the personal brand and especially when you're doing intellectual consulting uh, I think a lot of work is expected to be done free uh, mm-hmm. right and I did hear your you know views on uh, negotiations etc and you know the general uh, stuff on the internet on building a personal brand by writing more often and you know showing up on webinars and things like that but I I mean now that you are here I just thought I should uh, ask for your suggestions when you work independently how do you really it's a very good
1: question it's a very good question and you're absolutely right there are a lot of people who will call you who will take the liberty and say you know, and, uh, and it's expected free. You know, it's as though What they don't understand is, excuse me, I've invested 20 years to get to what I have, uh, you know, and every bit of my minute costs. So I might be able to do this in a jiffy, but I'm able to do this in a jiffy because I've spent 20 years behind this, you know, which you haven't. So there is no reason why I should give this to you free of cost. So the way to go around this, Swati, is to very respectfully say, yes, I will give you, you know, 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever you think comfortable. And say, this I will be able to give you. But unfortunately, you must understand that this, my time is money for me. I'm consulting and you do appreciate that it is this that makes money for me. So I will give you this time and I will give you inputs that will be very useful to you. But should you want to have an expanded engagement, if you'd like to carry this on, then we will have to look at a commercial proposal.
3: Sure. Sure. And and the personal branding bit, I mean, how do you really uh, sort of, you know, uh, take a little more structured approach? have more conscious, I mean, spending time between execution and marketing yourself. I mean, uh, I'm pretty much doing it all by myself. So how do you really go about it? Was the right time to think of spending uh, money on it? Maybe like, you know, building a website, for example. Uh, yes, you, to this? you know,
1: this is, uh, it's so relevant and it's often ignored. It's not difficult to do, yeah. but it takes commitment. And it's something that I myself, am still struggling with. It took me ages to get a website up and going. I always felt what I have is not good enough, yeah. it's not worth putting out in public. It took me ages to get a pitch deck to put a pitch deck together. You know, every time I'd start writing case studies, I feel oh, you know, or there were a lot of times when I'd uh, feel shy of putting up a LinkedIn post because I feel it just doesn't have depth. You know, the only way to get around this swati is to calendarized time to tell yourself every day i'm going to give it an hour also i become a lot more camera uh, confident now i wasn't earlier at all and uh, it doesn't show sure. like that that i can show. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that all of us have to be you don't necessarily have to put yourself in front of the camera if you're not comfortable doing that. But what we can all do is to write something. You can do picture posts. You can do, it's about making sure you have a content calendar. Everything that a brand would do, you have to look at yourself as a brand. If people don't know you exist, then how can they give you business? If people don't know what capability you have or what background you have or what you can offer, how can they give you business? And the only way of telling them that is to be seen where you must be seen. So if LinkedIn is the platform, one is to identify which is the platform on which I'm to be regularly visible, where you think your clients will be be present. Once you identify that platform, then make a content calendar and tell yourself, every Monday, I will put up this kind of a post. Every Tuesday, I'll put up this kind of a post or this is, and then set time aside on a weekend where you tell yourself on a Saturday morning for two and a half, three hours, I'm going to actually put all of my posts together on what am I going to put out in the rest of the week? And you will see, once you do that for three consecutive weeks, two consecutive weeks, then you'll start to enjoy the exercise. It wouldn't feel like a burden. Like initially for me, it would feel like, oh, but after a while it comes naturally. And okay. anything you pick up, you'll pick up a book and you'll feel, oh, I can talk about this. You have a conversation something, you feel, oh, I can talk about this. I have a client, let's say it's a potential client, all of these freebies, these guys who come and ask for free conversation, make posts out of that to say, this is the kind of question I got. Here is the short answer for it. And then leave plenty that's unsaid. So there are people who wish to call you and say, a iska aur
3: batao."
0: Right. Awesome. awesome. This, this is great. Thank you so much. most And it's seven already, Vani. Can I please do have a little bit additional time because we still have a few questions to go? Yes. No okay. problem. Awesome. Thank you so much. So, Shubha, do you want to unmute yourself very quickly and ask your question?
5: Yes, yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks, Vani, for the session. This was very helpful. Um, I have a question. Uh, So looking at this topic from the other side, I I lead a a small startup in student housing, and I have a team of about 100 people. What I find is that when you have as a woman leader, the expectations of managing my team and my particularly the male members of my team feel I'm automatically biased towards the women or kind of give them a preference, even though I'm not doing it. And it's a very a merit based performance review, but I have heard through the gossip chain that ma'am tos ko prefer karti hai and she gives. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you get over that? I, even in, in a corporate, when I had a team, there was always this sense of partiality, which I wasn't, I didn't think I was doing anything actively. But um, any suggestions on what I can do to dispel that sort of uh, myth within the audience? In organization? public
1: forums, Shubha, you call out behaviors, competencies, actions. Mm-hmm rather than calling out names, you call the behaviors that you appreciate. Got it. This is what has, this is what we need more of. This is what helps advance business. This is what helps us get more sales. Get me this. If if you were to do more now, it doesn't matter whether it's man, woman who does it because you're calling out behaviors. You're calling out what would help advance business. So whoever were to do that would be doing the right things in my eye as a boss. Not make it person-specific, basically. Exactly, exactly. So okay. just call out the behavior. This is what I would like to see more of. Got it, got it. Actually, that's a very helpful
5: tip because you naturally end up calling out the person that she's doing such a good job. But- ah,
1: so instead of that, you say, this is what I would, this 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 particular action I have I have noticed that when we do this, hmm. it results in blah 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 effects on business. This has these implications. Then everybody knows ye, karna hai. ye karne se I will be in the good books of Shubha.
5: Got it. Got it.
1: Okay, that's
0: very helpful. Thank you so much. No, not at all. Pandana, do you want to quickly unmute yourself and ask your question?
2: Uh, thank you so much. Um, Rani, firstly, like, thanks a lot for taking this session because, uh, honestly, this has been like refreshingly, like really authentic and practically just so, yeah. couple of points that really stuck by me was the first one that like, you mentioned about integrity, having like, you know, that priority business value. And another one that definitely is going to help me out is knowing um, the advantage of being the prettiest one on the table. in a ah, So industry So I'm sure that will help out. Um. So the question actually was around, um, you know, uh, in the beginning you mentioned um, um, about, uh, you know, uh, having your content well prepared and being confident about what you're speaking, right? So I'm sorry my voice is, I don't know why, shaking a little, um, being honest about it. But, um, you know, uh, what if, like, have you ever faced any situations where, you know, you're confident about your content, but um, you were not heard, Previously, So um, have you ever faced any situations like that? And Like how do you deal about it?
1: You know, this thing about when you know your stuff and you still feel you haven't been heard is actually, it's not to do with others. It's to do with us. It's to do with how we feel about ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If you feel that my voice is important, then you will make sure that it's heard. Even if you have to say it three times over. Because the fact is that actually, everybody likes seeing a strong person. Because when one sees a strong person, it gives them hope that I too can be that. If you know that and understand that, then you will make it a point to make sure that you are heard. There are enough number of, you know, it's not, it's not about men, women, anybody, you know, even, in an, even when you're making a presentation, when you falter, when you um, come across as being unprepared or when you start to feel nervous in front of everyone else, I can tell you everyone around the table is also feeling nervous. Because everyone starts to feel, oh, I could also be that. You know, nobody wants to see someone else not succeed unless that person is, is just bad at heart. And there will be that type also, but that type we just ignore, you know, and we just do what we have to do and get ahead. So you tell yourself when I speak with confidence, actually I'm giving confidence to a whole lot of others. So if you feel you haven't been heard, then you, you know, one of the simple things that I would do, and this was when I was young. And for example, when I just joined Pepsi, even though I had great credentials behind me, but the Pepsi's culture was very different from Unilever's culture. And often I used to find myself very overwhelmed. You know, we used to have a lot of discussions which were very, very sales-oriented, which I felt were very removed from the consumer-oriented world that uh, Unilever had trained us in. And I used to find myself overwhelmed by numbers. One of the simplest things that I would do would be to just sit in the room and watch my breath. I would actually do deep breathing and watch my breath for a couple of minutes. And then I tell myself, I've got this, I can do it. And you know, the other thing is, Vandana, the fact is that you can't always be well prepared. There were enough number of times when I suddenly found myself making a presentation, which my team members had just slid in just as I was about to go up, you know, and I just had to carry that as though I've written it myself. And at that time, you just have to tell yourself that what I'm going to say is going to make a material difference. You own it and you speak. So, of course. You must always be well prepared. You may not always be well prepared, but watch your breath, tell yourself I matter and make sure what you are saying is well heard. I mean, there is, there is no other way of doing this than to understand it's not about others in the room, it's about me. If I want to be well heard, if I want to make a point, then I can and I will make that point. It's about how you hold yourself it's about body language. Make sure you make eye contact. Often people who are not very confident are afraid of making eye contact. When you make powerful eye contact and you hold that, you're also actually giving respect to the other person. You're also telling the other person that you matter is the reason why I'm making eye contact with you. So these simple things will help you make your point.
2: Now that's actually very helpful and again, like very practical and I'm glad, you know, the voice shaking thing happened on this call as well. Because this is something that I, you know, keep making papu of myself in a lot of, on a lot of tables. I'm glad it happened. Any, you know, tips and tricks that you can kind of, of, of course, apart from like watching the breath, any tips and tricks that you can share with me that can help me out a bit. I think you should just be who you
1: are, Vandana. I think you're wonderful. Like what you did just now, you, <laughs> you smiled and you said what you had to say. You know, you just do exactly that. Just make sure you you smile and you say whatever you have to say, even if what you're saying is contrary to what everybody else is saying in the room. And you you do more of what you're doing. If you keep saying, if you keep speaking up again and again, you know, the fourth time that you have to speak, you wouldn't feel scared anymore. Then you'll do it happily with a smile and you'll say anything that you have to. Thank Thank you.
0: Awesome, if you have time for one last question that we're gonna squeeze in, this has really been an amazing session. Everyone in the chat is talking about it. Um, Vishaka, do you wanna quickly ask your question to Vani before we wrap up?
3: All right. uh, Vani, thank you so much for being with us today. I think uh, I can speak for all of us and saying that this was an immensely insightful session, especially for, um, for folks like me who are early on in our careers quick question that I had is, uh, I'm just starting to to work with this new supervisor at my job, and I'm wondering if you have um, any suggestions on how to connect with him, especially since we're working remotely now.
1: It is a tough one, but use the fact that you're new as the excuse to, uh, to sort of uh, uh, find more points of connect with him. Tell him, I would like to make more impact. I would like to learn from you as to what can I do to become a more effective employee? What do you think I should do in order to make the most of the first few days? Who else should I be communicating with? Who else should I be learning from? So when you make your intent known again and again to him, to say, look, the reason why I'm contacting you is because I wish to create more impact. I wish to be able to get the team to get to goals sooner. How can I become more effective? Help me with that. When he gives you anything, then make sure you do what you have to do and then report back. You had, you had suggested I speak with blah, blah. I I had this, this, this conversation. This was the outcome. I'd like to tell you this is what happened. When you do that, then he will have something else to say that, you know, maybe you should then go back to him and say, yes, blah, blah, blah happened. And I also connected with this one. And I also connected with this one. And this is where it is. Often men are not very comfortable having a feelings conversation. They they shy away, they would say, this is how I'm feeling because then they feel, oh, she's becoming a woman on me. You know, so if you were to keep that away, but instead say, you tell me, how can I be more effective? What else would matter to you, you know? That conversation you'd find is a lot easier. Men are more comfortable with that. We, we women are happy to tell each other, this is how I'm feeling. But men are not very often, uh, men are not comfortable with having conversations like those. So keep, it, keep it work focused and say, I just want to know what can I do to be more effective? Right.
3: Yeah, that's really helpful because in one of our conversations, he, he just asked me what he can do to support the team and support me. And throughout the time, I was just thinking, how can I turn that on him? And how can I ask him something that would generate more words from him? It's a great suggestion. I'll definitely take it out with him. Thank you so much. You're
1: most
0: welcome. Bonnie, thank you so much for being so candid and honest. We really enjoyed the conversation and we've you've been so kind to give us more time. Members, thank you so much for being such a lovely and engaged audience. Um, we'll see you for the next one very, very soon. Thank you so much again.